Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. It's Friday, which means it's final Friday time. I'm jumping on the microphone. It's 4 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. It's currently June 5th. And man, it feels like every week things get bleaker and bleaker. And it's hard to even think about like what to talk about on the podcast because normally when I jump on the microphone, I'm thinking about... You know, what business concept can I share? What what insight can I talk about? And a lot of times I take events that are just happening in the media and I use those as just really great context for what to do or what not to do. And so great example of this, uh, there was a Sonic where the employees quit in mass and, you know, like the little kiosk, uh, not the kiosk, uh, what's it called? The little uh, thing that gets put out, like the the messaging thing, you know, the big message board. I don't know what the, thing, the thing's called. But, you know, they change it. They put, like, whatever the special is or, you know, drop in for a uh, – I almost said Baja Blast. That's definitely the wrong fast food joint. But so, you know, get a cherry limeade or something. Who knows? Well, so the people, when they quit in mask in mass, they change that to basically say – Hey, Sonic managers, you suck. Like, we do not like working for you. And so this got circulated on social media. This would have been forever ago. And that was really great context for, hey, guess what? It's not your employees who are terrible. It's not that you are hiring bad employees. When, you're in, when your team quits in mass, when they quit as a whole, when they all leave, you can know that it's not them, it's probably you. I talked, I, I think it was, um, maybe last week I was on a podcast, I was on the Business Talk Library podcast with a uh, friend of mine, and one of the things we were talking about was uh, it's hard sometimes to deal with difficult customers because sometimes your customers have different expectations for what you want to, what they want to see accomplished. And it's different from what you want to see accomplished. And so a great example of this, what I talked about on the podcast was I had someone who their entire team had quit and she had said, you know, it's just so hard to find good talent. And I said something like, well, in my experience, when someone's entire team quits, it's usually not the talent. Usually it's their boss. And she kind of scoffed and said, well, if you're telling me it's my fault, then uh, I I wouldn't hire you. You know, you wouldn't be the person I'd want to hire because you have no idea what you're talking about. And I kind of laughed and was like, well, you know, I wouldn't want to work with you anyway. So, But that's great context for me to then jump on a podcast and say, hey, let's talk about what does real leadership look like? What does real management look like? This week has, and so what I'm getting at is I was trying to figure out, you know, what's been happening in the media that's just great context for what I can talk about as I'm wrapping up my thoughts for the week. And it's hard to really know what to talk about, not because there's a a shortage of information. It's because there has been so much dialogue around George Floyd and these protests around police brutality that... I, as a white person, as as someone who has frankly grown up without really much of a contextual challenge, my, my circumstances have never really been that challenging, had a great school, great family, uh, never really had to wonder where the next meal was coming from. I'm hesitant to weigh in and say, hey, here's what's going on. However, 
Something that I do want to talk about because of what's happening right now is I want to challenge my listeners today, but I, I and this may be, maybe this is too much <laughs> for some of my listeners, because I've mentioned before, I have listeners from all over the political spectrum. And I, I remember, I, I'll never forget, I did a, it was probably maybe like episode eight or nine. <clears throat> and I did a podcast, it was called, Should You Pay Your People More? And the answer was, yes, you should, you should pay your people more. And I had someone reach out and say, they said something like, you know, wow, I had no idea you were such a socialist or something like that, which I'm not a socialist. In fact, I, I typically vote pretty conservative. And this person said, I had no idea you're such a socialist. And I thought, wow, I didn't realize that paying people more money was a socialist concept. And as time has gone on, these concepts that to me have never felt very political, they've just felt like either A, common sense, or B, just doing the right thing, I have found that they have disrupted my listeners in the sense that some people will rally around something that I say, and they're like, man, I'm so glad you said that. That was really awesome. I love that. But then it's very disruptive for other people, people who say who, and I think what's troubling is people who have known me a long time, who say things like, man, you've really changed, or man, I had no idea that you've, you know, you're I didn't, and even like, it's interesting because I'm, I'm also Christian. Uh, I, I, man, I love God. I believe in God. I think God's amazing. I think he created me, but, and that's never really bothered people. But ironically, as I have, as my perspectives have matured a little bit, what has saddened me is people who are fellow Christian believers who have looked at me with disdain's too strong of a word, I think disappointment of, man, I can't believe you believe that. Man, I can't believe, really? So, so here's a really great example of this. So whenever the, and, and let's just go ahead and just, let's just tear the bandaid off. Let's just get totally into this and let me piss off some of you <laughs> and excite the rest of you. And, and let me just say on the front end that Regardless of whatever you believe politically, I'm not looking to have a political podcast today, but I am looking to peel back some things to think about. And, I, and again, I said the word challenge a few minutes ago. I want to challenge you to remove any political allegiance for a second, and I want to just think about some concepts. But so whenever there was the news coming out of the people who are coming over the border illegally— and they kids were being separated from parents and there was like the image the images coming out of kids like in kind of makeshift jail cells not really jail cells that's that's too political of term but like you know these and even cages is too strong a word they they weren't caged it's it's like think of like a gym room with like um uh steel fence like what you'd see like around like a building for example and it's sort ha it's this fencing has sort of um, marked off certain spots of this gym. So people like are in the right places. Well, seeing quite a bit of this these images out, I began getting kind of concerned, feeling like this is a bit this might be a bit inhumane, and especially kids who are being separated from parents. I'm, I don't know if I'm down with that. And so my wife and I, again, typically vote pretty conservatively. We both put out a Facebook post. It's probably the only Facebook post we've ever put out that's ever been political. And it basically just said, hey, we're, we're not okay with this. Like, we believe, and, and because many of the people who we're friends with on Facebook are fellow Christian believers, we said something like, hey, we think it's the role of the church to 
just just be advocates for people who can't be advocates for themselves and going back to my original comment of the disappointment i received it was amazing people who were fellow christian who were like man you've changed like i can't i didn't know i didn't know you and i said we typically vote pretty conservative conservative i didn't know you guys have become so liberal which in my mind i'm thinking like what what is political about this what's political about this right and you know you see this this uh image of a, a video of a guy with his a, a cop's knee on his neck pressing on it for for endless minutes until the person dies and you have to ask yourself what's political about that like why do we have to make this something political rather than hey there's something wrong with that image and I, what i want to challenge you with today i want to challenge you to think about the echo chambers in your life if you're not familiar with that phrase, what an echo chamber is, you know what an echo is, obviously. You know, you say something and you hear it back. An echo chamber, it's the communities that you have surrounded yourself with who repeat exactly what you say. And so it's basically, it's people who find fellow communities who believe what they believe and who, because they believe the same things, they reaffirm those beliefs to basically a deeper and deeper extent until it becomes so entrenched in that community that there is no room or space for any other ideologies, perspectives, thoughts, anything. So here's a really great example of this. I mentioned that I grew up in a pretty great community <clears throat> and a great background. Love, man, I had such an amazing upbringing, and I'm 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 not disappointed in that. I don't I don't wish that I had had a different upbringing. I loved my upbringing. I have been so blessed to have had such a great support system growing up. Well, part of the rhetoric of growing up was I didn't go to a public school; I went to a private school. And the part of the rhetoric I got was public schools are crap. Kids who are struggling in public schools. They don't care about school. Their parents don't care about school. They are basically dropouts who care nothing. They just want to be lazy, do nothing all day, whatever. And this was said quite a bit, uh, just as I, maybe not so explicitly, but it was kind of a perception. Well, whenever I finished college, I had an opportunity to go be a high school teacher. And I did. I went, I moved to Houston, Texas, and I was a high school teacher in inner city Houston and I just, I just wanted to go do something meaningful. And I just, sorry, I, my recording just miffed up on me for a second there. Uh, anyway, so I, I just wanted to make an impact. I just wanted to, I wanted to go something, go do something meaningful with my life. And I wanted to do something kind of scary too. And so I moved to an entirely different state. And I remember I was going to inner city Houston and in my teaching training, the very first things they told me was, one of the first things they told me was, it was basically unpacking the predispositions I had to basically non-white communities. And one of the things in this training was that people who are in public schools and people who are part of a lower, lower socioeconomic status, it is not accurate. It's not true that they do not care about school. In fact... More often than not, you have kids who are challenged by the expectations of a typical school day because in many cases, they are sometimes even the breadwinner of their family. 
there's somebody who uh, I remember actually when I was a teacher, I had a student who at my 7 a.m. class, he was always on the brink of falling asleep, not because he was lazy, not because he didn't care, but because every night before he would work till about two or three in the morning at a restaurant and he was one of the primary breadwinners in his family and in his family. There was him, there was his mom, there was four of his siblings, and they're all in this, this tiny apartment. And him, he, as the oldest, was expected to get out there and basically help pay rent. And this is just one of the very real challenges that one of my students was facing. Point that I'm getting at, until I finally got into the school system and got exposed to something different from what was told to me, I never would have understood a different perspective. In fact, as I began looking at it, and I had always been kind of told this sort of bootstrap ideology, you know, your success is totally, it's, it's, your success is directly correlated with the effort that you put in, the amount of work you put in. And that, that is partly true. I'm not, I'm not diminishing that. However, there are systems in place that make it more challenging for some people compared to other people. So here's an example of this. Going back to the school system, I had students who could not speak English, not because they didn't want to, not because they had contempt for America or speaking English. It's because they were one of thousands of students in the school district who had not been given the training to basically learn English. And, and so part of this, because of their, their lack of literacy in English, is that they are not able to advocate for themselves because they don't, you know, for example, they get a, they get a, they get their transcript. They don't know how to read it. It doesn't make sense. There's no one they can go to, to talk to. And so what, what ends up happening is people get left behind, they get lost in the system and it's, it's frankly, it's, it's a consequence of one, their race and two, their financial status. And it's not comfortable to talk about these things. And yet the, the, the more we are hesitant to have these conversations, the more we prevent ourselves from having actual real change. So, so let me tie this together to what I was talking about earlier. I, there's a halfway house here. And I remember we would take customers when we we're doing our leadership development, we would take customers to this halfway house. And part of the activity was their job was to cook a meal for the men in this halfway house. And so what they would have to do is they would cook the meal and, and man, it was so funny just unpacking this a little bit because you have to cook the meal for the men in the halfway house. And these are former drug addicts, former alcoholics. I mean, they're just trying to get back on their feet. They'd have to cook the meal. And then they, they, part of the activity was then to sit down and eat the meal with these people. And it was amazing how people would be comfortable cooking the meal, but they wouldn't be comfortable sitting down and having a conversation with someone. But so what we would do is we would do this event. And then afterwards I would sit down with these customers, these, these people who were part of this leadership program. And we talk about it. And I'd say, tell me about this. You know, what do you, what do you think about this? And it was always amazing that there was, there would always be a few people who would be, um, you know, again, the word contempt is what comes to mind. There'd be simply contempt for that people group. 
It would be, I didn't have very much empathy for them. I didn't have very much, um, you know, frankly, they are in that situation because of their own doing. And I'm, I'm not, I, I don't want to remove personal responsibility from the equation whatsoever. That's not what I'm saying, but definitely a lack of empathy. And it kind of, I think what's so challenging about this is I'm just, and right now I'm not, I don't even know really what I'm getting at other than just like stream of consciousness telling example after example after example. I remember I was at a church event for this church I was at and this homeless guy came in and I was in leadership with this church and someone came to me and said, Hey Blake, um, some people are uncomfortable with that person being here. Can you ask them to leave? And I went to that gentleman and I said, Hey man, do you want to come sit with me? And I came, he sat with me and I got him a bottle of water and, and, and I just remember feeling like this is the right thing to do, you know? And it's, it's, it's so funny to me how people who are less fortunate rather than the whole walk a mile in their shoes, be empathetic, you know, be a, be an advocate, be a voice. Instead, we are very much man, full of contempt and frankly locked in our echo chambers of poor people are lazy, um, you know, people who are in unfortunate circumstances. It's, or even, frankly, even talking about George Floyd, I saw some Facebook posts of, you know, if you don't want to get killed by the cops, don't resist arrest. And it's like, dude, you don't even know what you're talking about. Look at the video. You don't even know what you're talking about. But we get so trapped in these echo chambers where, we all we post is what we want other see we, we post something and then we look at the comments and everyone who says right on you know you go girl yes that's right retweet what have you you know we we smile and we like all of those comments and the people who post something contrary to what we think we unfollow them or we block them or we delete their comment that is very typical to how we deal with contrasting opinions and all i got to say is if you're going to become someone who is full, someone who grows, someone who is, is mentally and emotionally mature, if you want to become a whole person, the only way you can do that is by opening your eyes and opening your ears and embracing new perspectives. You got to embrace new perspectives. And I remember I'm so grateful. I mean, being in Houston, being a teacher was hands down the hardest thing I have ever done in my life. Before that, I lived in Mississippi. I was in the Mississippi Delta and they have not even poverty. They have something called super poverty and getting face first with that and realizing that, that there are systems in place that are so anti antithetical to someone's advancement in society. Like if I had not gotten faced with that firsthand where I could see it, where I could touch it, then what would have happened is I would have resolved to stay on Facebook in the communities that make me feel good about myself, that allow me to keep my head down. And that's what I would have simply, that's what I would have done, right? But we as people, we, we, we have an obligation. If we're going to grow as people, we have to put our ear to the ground and listen to what's happening. We have to pay attention to what's happening. And it's not conspiracy theories. It's not political pandering. It's not, oh, this is just a, like I, Joy and I, my wife, we've been really following this George Floyd uh, case 
And it's personal to me because it's it's been interesting to see whenever I went to work in Houston, working in Houston opened my eyes to racial inequality. And then also I worked in Chicago. I was uh, at this uh, uh, trip in Chicago working with the homeless. And it was all about giving dignity to people who were less fortunate. And that just totally opened my eyes. But the reason we've been really following this George Floyd thing is that despite these personal eye-opening events, we still have people who are in disbelief and frankly, who are, who, you know, they, again, they're, they're the ones accusing of conspiracy theories. They're the ones accusing of schemes or it's just a ploy or what have you. But with George Floyd, now they are curious and listening. And so we've been so enthralled just to see people engaged in this conversation and, and, my hope is that we can look at these things without a political lens. And I get it. It's, it's, it's a bit naive to say that in the sense of, you know, of course, there's a political element here. And of course, politics are constantly in play. But we have an opportunity to grow as people. You know, the, and if, if I can just frankly get religious for just a second. Man, the, the groups that the Bible talks about as being most important, the people who, who God typically cares about, are the widows, the orphans, the poor, and the foreigners. And so for me to be so involved in, in wanting people to be advocates for the poor... And yet that be something that is now political or, you know, it's, it's, I'm kind of over it. I'm done with it. And in the same way, I think we have a people group who it, not that there is a national ploy to suppress one race over another, but there have been too many instances that now that there's been too many instances for us to be able to look away and say that there there is not institutional problems that need to change. And so my challenge to you, my, my plead to you, don't be that person getting on Facebook and being an idiot. And frankly, pardon my language, a jackass. I saw someone post today. And it was a rant against George Floyd. And it was this whole advocacy for the African-American population is basically a conspiracy. It's a ploy to make Donald Trump look bad. And I thought, man, you're small. Seriously, man, you're small. That you cannot step away from the events and det detach yourself from the talk radio-esque type of post, you cannot step away and ask yourself, okay, what can I gain from this? Not even just what can I gain from this? What can I learn from this? What, what is, what opportunity is there in front of me to learn something and grow in a certain way to be a fuller person who, and it's not even about being a fuller person. It's about being someone who now I can make a bigger impact because I understand the demographics around me. I understand the I understand the dialogue around me. I understand the circumstances around me. Now I can take a, I can make a bigger impact because I am, I've opened my eyes and engaged new perspectives so that I know what's going on. 
you will never be someone who's fully figured it out. And so I, I implore you, I, I encourage you to embrace new perspectives. It doesn't mean you need to totally change. You know, it doesn't mean that you're wrong either. You know, it, it doesn't mean that whatever ideologies you hold, that they are not correct. But it could be that they're not fully correct or your perception of what they are, they don't really match reality. And if we're going to be people of impact, well, then we have to understand what's really happening and what's going on. Next week, we'll have a new podcast interview going up as well as another final Friday. I hope you are doing well. Hey, if you've never checked out this podcast before, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. Definitely leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed the podcast. Also, we have a way that you could donate to the podcast. It's patron.podbean.com slash goodadvice. Help us get, continue to get, excuse me, good quality episodes for your benefit. You can check that out. And as always, I appreciate you listening. Hey, I'll catch you later. See ya.